0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for this service, our third Sunday service, Lord, in uh, our three services today. It's our first of three, but we pray, Lord, that your presence continue with us. We pray, Lord, that you give us clarity of being able to hear your word and that we align our lives with your spirit, that your ministry today of the word, the ministry of the spirit of God would minister to our hearts, it would minister to our lives, and that we would be transformed, oh God. Father, uh, in this last days, the... Love of many will grow cold, indifferent, but there's a fire in this place that warms the heart of men to love you more passionately. We pray, oh God, that you would build us up to be a reference and to have an impact in our generation. And not because of who we are, Lord, but because of the work that you've done, which is marvelous and perfect. Thank you for our youth that are on fire for God, that love you genuinely. Thank you for men and women who aspire to fulfill your call in their lives. We pray that this word would not return void, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth fruit and a harvest that glorifies you. Lord, forgive us our sins. Wash us with the blood of Jesus. Allow us to serve you with integrity, Lord, and transparency. Uh, Make us strong to overcome everything that's trying to take us out and remove us from your purposes, oh God. That we would be the answer of the last days upon the earth, Lord. We glorify you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we get prepared, and we're just settling into this word that the Lord has been speaking to us, we started in Revelations 12, verse 11. And the Bible says that, Uh, In the last days, those who overcome the devil will overcome him by the blood of the lamb. So we know Jesus died on the cross to forgive and to wash us. And then secondly, uh, the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And that's a second component. We, We did absolutely nothing for the blood of the lamb. But we are to move consciously and purposefully. For the word of the testimony. Many times Christians have the attitude, I don't have to do anything. Well, the Bible says to watch over your salvation with fear and trembling. That you be, that's entrusted to you. To be careful how you conduct yourself. How you walk in the last days. And number three, they did not love their lives unto death. And that, that is a controversial Third aspect, hopefully we'll get to that. But let's work on the second one now. And what is the purpose of keeping a testimony or, or walking in such a way that it speaks? Uh, your testimony, your life has words of itself. And we know that all of heaven's host is watching us. If you go to the previous verse, verse 10, it says that he is accusing the brethren the accuser of the brethren, who accuses them day and night before God, the devil is, is pointing, look, look what he's doing, look what they're doing, look what she's doing, and, and trying to get God to um, move on occasion of our sin. He's accusing them of, he's like, I was, a, I was walking in pride, and you threw me out of heaven. Look at them walking in pride. So, all of our sins, the devil's trying to be an instigator, a prosecutor. Uh, thank God we have a great attorney. Jesus is an advocate before the Father, and, and he's defending us, he's representing us. But that, that's the climate in heaven the devil pointing that big finger that always comes towards us. Um, and so, it's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that overcomes him, and they didn't love their lives into death. And, and why this aspect of testimony is because God long ago, Leviticus chapter 21 verse 6, he says they must be holy to their God and not profane the name of their God. Uh, this is the issue, that when you're walking in such a way that that does not honor God, you are letting other people know that that God is not really there. And and so a ton of people will hold that against us. Well, if you're a Christian, if you go to church, if God is real, then why? And they try and profane the name of the Lord. Um, And so that's what God has always been concerned about, that your testimony will either establish uh, you know, I don't know if, if if different religions filled that ballroom that we were in last night um, gathering with, with with the pastors and their wives and celebrating Jenny's 40th birthday, but those waiters, they were there and they saw something and they heard something and they were cut to the heart. We want that. In fact, several of them says we have family members that are Christians and are praying for us. And they're always talking to us about the Lord. But we didn't know what we saw tonight. We, we, we didn't understand it from this point of view. And all that happened was a testimony. We were there for about two hours. And we weren't there just to eat and to celebrate. But we each opened up our hearts to share the wealth of this woman, Jenny Hanau's testimony. And how she had impacted our lives and our families and how she models being a wife. A lot of the women says, you know, when we're in crisis, we, we go to her. What would Jenny do instead of what would Jesus do? <laughs> WWJD. And, and they said that. That was, that was part of the testimony. So when you see that, and the, the waiters came to the Lord. So the, the hallmark of the importance of testimony is, is the name of the Lord being profaned by how you're going about your life? If you're a girlfriend, is Jesus more important than your boyfriend's lust? If you're a a girlfriend, is is honoring the Lord more important by respecting your parents than than being in a relationship? So all these things speak whether God's name is being lifted up or you're just throwing him under the bus. And so there it is that God is concerned. Leviticus 22 verse 31 says, keep my commandments. Perform them. Walk in my ways. Do these things. Why, Lord? Verse 32, so that my name is not profaned. Don't don't let my name be spoken ill of. My holy name. You already wrecked your life. Your parents have wrecked your life. Your great-grandparents wrecked your life. Now you don't wreck the name of the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be considered holy. Holy. There's something special about the life we're called to live. This testimony is powerful amongst the children of Israel. Your own children are watching you. you know, let, let me tell you something. This is, this is personal now. Uh, my 15-year-old daughter goes into my closet. My wife is cleaning out. She's 18 now, but when she was 15, my, my wife, if she was 14 maybe, maybe uh, four years ago. My wife is cleaning now, doing spring cleaning, and my wife goes into the closet, and my daughter, who's following her, finds five scrapbooks of when Yvette and I were dating. And she starts going to task. Let me, ah! She opens this thing up, and she's eating up when we were first year. Second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. I was going through law school like my sons now. And my daughter was watching f- five years of our courtship and dating. And she was like turning the pages. And you know what she was seeing? She was seeing testimony of purity. So what, what I live now, or a long time ago. When Yvette and I were just dating, my daughter now is 14, 15 years old. She's going through these scrapbooks, and she's going, that's how you do it. That's what I want. There was nothing shameful. There was nothing embarrassing. It's all an open book. That's a testimony for God's glory. If you won't shout hallelujah, I will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so when you have a life that could be open and from so now my daughter is she's not dating she's not courtship but she knows how she knows purity she saw transparency she saw our lives she saw every note she saw every card she saw every every word so some people have their secret look this is me naked this is let's talk dirty let's all that stuff is going on in our generation and 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 in the Lord there's a testimony that doesn't profane there's nothing to be ashamed about. There's nothing dirty, there's nothing secret. Your your 14-year-old daughter could read it and she'll be edified. So this is what God has done in his grace and mercy. I don't want my daughter have read my stuff if I didn't have Jesus in my life. If I wasn't a a young godly youth, we, I do not even know. I was 21, I guess, when we started dating and, and we got married uh, five years later. So I would be 26, almost turning 27. So these were, these were adult years where you say, well, you guys were adults, so there's privacy. No, there's no privacy. There's a testimony. There's a testimony that honors God. There's no, there wasn't here's our first get time getting drunk or this is the first time we had sex or none of that stuff. Because, because of the testimony of Christ. And, and that is to, the, for God's glory. In 2 Kings chapter 5, there's a young girl there. And there's a general. General named Naaman. He was mighty. He had beaten a lot of battles. But there's a young girl living at the house. And she has a testimony. In uh, 2 Kings 5 verse 2, it says, "Syrians on one of their raids carried off with a little girl and brought her back as a slave to the land of Israel, uh, from the land of Israel, and she was serving at Naaman's house, Naaman's wife, the general's house, and Naaman got sick with leprosy. In verse 3, this young girl who was a servant, captive, taken away, She said to her mistress, if only my master could get a hold of the prophet in Samaria. This is is tantamount to a young girl at our church telling the principal at school, if only you would go to my church, your life would be different. It's like Annabelle. That's what happened last Wednesday. Annabelle's testimony to her parents to her little brother, younger brother, to her older brother, to her older brother's wife, and to her grandparents. They've all come to the Lord because of this young girl who's testifying that God heals leprosy. If only my master were a prophet in Samaria, he would heal him of his leprosy. And so what are they talking about the next day at work? Verse 4. So Naaman... His wife tells him, the girl's testifying, that there's magic power. There's transforming power. There's healing power. She's talking about what's taking place. Something had to happen in this young girl's life where she says, I have the address to where you can fix your problem. And it's horrible that you don't have the address. And it's horrible that you don't know that there's a testimony. Of where people could get fixed and healed and restored. In these days, we're getting phone calls on a daily basis from parents and and young people wanting us to help them. And all we have, listen to me, we can't go there and do anything but share a living testimony of what God has done. And he wants to do it again. We have these testimonies. My, My daughter said last week, the Rolodex. The world-changing Rolodex of all these stories that are alive and real, supernatural, crazy, insane. Last night, my son was remembering one of our testimonies that we had forgotten in our youth group. There was a young girl, and she was kind of rambunctious and rebellious. She's 14, 15 years old, and, and that night, her parents says, listen... It's too late for you to drive home. Stay at grandparents' house. So she stayed at her grandparents' but she was a little bit feisty. So she calls me an event. She says, look, I want to go home but my parents told me to stay. We said, honor your parents and stay. Don't play with that. And she goes, okay, but I'm not happy about this. And she stayed at her grandparents' house. And that night they were racing down Bird Road, car drag racing. And a car lost control and went into her house, flipped around, broke her wall, and landed on top of her bed. That night, there was a car accident, a drag race. And the Lord saved her life because of obedience. Glory to the Lord, Most High. And so these testimonies are powerful. They're compelling. They, they strike you with conviction and the fear of God. And this young girl says, if, if he goes to Israel, where I come from, there's a testimony there. And he would be healed. So this guy goes into work the next day and he tells his boss, the king. Verse 4. So Naaman went in. 2 Kings 5.4. Naaman went in and told his Lord, thus and thus, thus and so. I love this. Listen. He goes into work. He's a general, five-star general, and he has leprosy. And he goes into work, and now he's talking about thus and thus, says the girl who I have at home. Thus and thus. You know what that is? A world-changing testimony. Thus and thus. You have some thus and thus that people could go and tell somebody thus and thus? And it's, it's impactful to hear what God does. Thus and thus, says the girl who's from Israel. You know what the boss says? You better listen to thus and thus. <laughs> Verse 5. The king prepared a letter. I will send you with a letter. So he departed and took a lot of money. He took a lot of gold and silver and changes of clothing. A lot of people say, why did he take a lot of money? Because he thought his healing was going to cost him a lot of money. And people ask us all the time, how much does that cost? I said, you can't afford it. (laughs) You can't afford it. Millions upon millions of dollars. Parents would pay for obedient children. A husband would pay for a submitted wife. A wife would pay for a wise husband. Cost millions. Gold and silver and changes of clothes. This wasn't, he wasn't going to look good. He was going to give that clothes to whoever was going to heal him. That was the whole thing. And so he goes thus and thus. He gets a letter from thus and thus. And they arrive and he finds the power that heals him. We're not going to go into that today. But I want to share the the, the importance of of what a man's testimony is. 1 Samuel chapter 12 Samuel speaks to the people. In verse 1, Samuel said to all of Israel, Indeed, I have heard your voice in all that you say. I've heard your argument and what you that you want a keen. Verse 2, uh, we're reading 1 Samuel 12, 1 and now 2. And now here is the king walking before you. I am old. This is precious. Listen to me. I am old and gray-headed. What's that mean? I've lived advanced life, right? The, you know, reaching old is a good testimony. Because if you die young, means you didn't listen to the God. You're not listening to God. So, so getting gray hair is a little bit of favor. Um, watch this. And my sons are with you. Not, not only is I've taken care of good health of mine and I've reached an old age, but you guys have seen my children. What, what, why is he saying these things? And he says, I have walked before you since I was a youth. You have seen my life since I was, how old are you? No, behind you. Ten. That's what Samuel's saying. I was 10 and I was there with you and now I have gray hair and you've seen my life. And not only have you seen my life, you've seen my children. You've seen what I produce. You've seen the fruit of my ministry. That gives me a testimony to speak. How about if they were to say, yeah, we know your sons. They ripped us off. We know your sons, they have sex before marriage. We know your sons, they're rebellious, they're dishonorable. Who wants to listen to somebody whose children don't respect him? Who wants to listen to that? I don't. I don't want to listen to somebody who the closest people to them don't respect and honor them. That's not a testimony. So Samuel is saying this. He's saying, you guys have seen me since I was a youth, and my sons are with you. And verse 3, he says, have I ever, is there any witness against me before the Lord, before his anointed? Whose ox have I taken? When have I not been legit? Let me ask you a question. How many of you would want a pastor that doesn't tithe? Raise your hand. Come on. There has to be one of you because then you can say, see, he doesn't tithe. I don't tithe either. If you saw what the pastors tithe or don't tithe, you would say, excuse me, pastor, could you please take that guy off your pastoral role? Because he's asking us to do something he doesn't do. And that's what Samuel is saying. He says, who have I stolen from? Who have I cheated who have I oppressed? From whose hand have I received anything to bribe or to blind my eyes? Tell me. And so when you present your life as a testimony, he says, okay, you guys are, my, you guys are seeing that I'm legit and I'm real. Why is Samuel doing this? Does anybody know? Because without a testimony, you're just a bunch of fraudulent you're counterfeit you can't speak on the name of god if you're not living like god wants his men and women to live you're not walking faith you're walking fear you're not walking fullness you're walking famine so that's why he's arguing cuz he's going to get to the point he says okay you guys saw I'm gray headed i have sons i haven't stole anybody i've walked since i was a young person i'm legit Now get ready to hear my testimony. That's what he's doing. And because of his testimony, he gets to speak with power. When we go to do men's conferences, imagine if I was cheating on my wife. Imagine if if I get off the airplane, the first question they ask me is, how's your wife doing? I'm like, forget about Yvette. I'm here to teach you how to be a man. He goes, no. If you don't make your wife happy, we don't want to hear one word. We don't want to hear anything you have to say. You guys are silent this morning. The second question they asked me is, where are your children? I'm like, I know the Bible, the deep things of God. And they're like, look, stick it in your ear. Put it up your nose with the rubber hose. Because if your wife and your kids are not having the fruit of your ministry, why are you exporting what you haven't imported? And this is what Samuel is saying. I'm preaching a lot better than you're a man. Yeah. Who have I, tell me, have I cheated you? Verse four, verse five. Then he said to them, now the Lord is gonna allow me to testify. The Lord will bring up a witness against you. His anointed will testify this day. Have you found anything in my hands that are not clean? Is there anything that's not transparent? That's the most powerful thing about the work of God. is, this is genuine. It's through and through. And some people, Pastor, be careful. Don't let nobody follow you. I'm like, why not? Don't let them hear what you speak on the phone. I said, why not? I said, lady, you must be some wicked woman that you don't want people to listen to your conversation. You don't want people to follow you. What's up with that? Bring it to the blood. Wash it. Cleanse it. Have clean hands. And so he has a basis to testify on the basis of the legitimacy of his real life. I mean, if you follow somebody from the time they were young to the time they were old, you, you have a track record there. And so they answered. How did they answer it? Verse 6. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Verse 5. And they answered, he can testify. Bring on that testimony, boy. I want to hear you speak. Your life is straight with God. I want to hear your life because anybody could get up and start talking things that are beautiful that they don't live. And that, my friend, is empty. It has no promise. We got to hurry up. Last night what happened at the restaurant with Jenny uh, is something that in Jewish tradition happened amongst the women of God and every Saturday, the women uh, guys i hope that you captured that the testimony of a man depends on his personal life his relationship with his family his relationship with his business his relationship with his word that that's all there and that's where god is working on us and a lot of people says well you started when you were young but i started when i was old it doesn't matter start today Amen. start today and let the lord clean it up so that you could speak and testify of his power and greatness um, and, and for the ladies, every Saturday, the, the Jewish women would gather together um, and they would open up Proverbs 31 and they would begin to speak, starting in verse 10, Proverbs 31:10. Who can find a virtuous woman? And, and the play was um, the impact that last night happened at the restaurant when all the women were testifying about the character of Jenny Hanau, that there was an impartation. Um, I think it was Sister Frances, she says, um, she's very vocal and very active, animated, and she says that when she gets into her guerrilla warfare, um, she says, wait, wait, Jenny wouldn't be speaking right now. <laughs> and she, she, she thinks about Jenny, and it impacts her character. And this is what Proverbs 31 is. Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a woman who has an extreme expression of wisdom? Not fear, but faith. Her worth is far more above rubies. And you start hitting all these aspects. uh, And I've met, listen to me, I've met wondrous women who can dish out the most incredible preachings. But their miserable wives and horrible moms at home, and, and we, the world doesn't need that, the world needs an example on how to walk in such a way that you are a blessing to your husband, and to your children, and to the legacy, uh, the end of this woman is that her, her children and her husband, they call her blessed, they, 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 they bless her, we're going to read that now. You see the character attributes of this woman. There's an anointing around um, Proverbs 31, verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. He praises her. Um, a lot of people want to get notoriety and known. Uh, one of the women I was meeting with last year, she has like a 200,000 followers on Instagram and YouTube and all this stuff. And I said, listen to me. You know who's the only one that can't follow you because you're so busy you're a one-year-old baby boy and when he turns 14 and 15 he's going to be out the door not wanting to be part of your chaos so to be a godly wife and and mom and focus on polishing that family for the glory of god for some it's a challenge uh, I've had some women says, but I don't know how to, I hate the house, I hate my home, I hate cleaning, I hate serving, I hate attending to the affairs. We, we went into uh, Salvador some years ago, about five years ago, and the lady says, I'm a bank executive, and I couldn't think, I, I want you to prove to me, she said to me. I want. She was 31 years old. I want you to prove to me that I'm to stay home and to feed my children. I said, lady, I don't know what happened when your kids were born. All of a sudden, God puts two jugs right in front of you. Mother jugs. You guys know what that is? Breast milk. God did not put that in your husband's chest. And, and that, that is a defiance to this world right now. Right now, to say those words, it defies the origins of motherhood. And so that, that, that blessing in the Bible, blessed are the breasts who feed the offspring and the womb who, who put these kids out. And, and the Bible says the last days will be full of selfish people who won't have time to attend to others. Uh, the man called me last week. He says, I hate my wife. I said, no, you don't hate your wife. You just don't know how to be a good husband. See the difference? You don't know how to love her and serve her and respect her and honor her. So this is where we're living, and this is the, the, the power that we're making. A lot of people think we're insane. Uh, they wrote an article. They, they invited Yvette and I to do a marriage conference in Abilene, Texas, and the next day in the newspaper, the town newspaper, the lady had wrote. She was there as a journalist. She says, these people are from another planet. That's what they wrote when they heard how we love and serve and enjoy our marriage and and so that is a testimony that's not religion it's reality let's give the glory to God amen. amen men with the testimony of Samuel women with the testimony of this woman here in Proverbs 31 um, you should meditate on this woman she uh, I've even heard Christian women say they hate this woman Proverbs 31, verse 11, the heart of her husband, the heart of her husband can trust her. Well, we, we said this early on in our ministry. A lot of people curse me for that. I was in the law practice doing a lot of family law, and the men were in there. I've been married 25 years. I hate my wife. I can't stand her. We don't like each other anymore. I said, I got the secret. Begin to transfer all your assets into her name. You're going to love her. You're going to take care of her. You would never leave her. Transfer your assets into your wife's name. And the men, there were men that did that, and they saved their marriage. And they loved their wives, and they take care of her. <laughs> the testimony of a godly woman, her, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. And it's because of her that he lacks no gain. She is a profitable investment verse 12 she does him good and not evil all the days of her life there's not an expiration date for virtue it continues to increase and and again this is so the name of God is not profaned there's nothing more powerful than a godly man a godly wife to lift up the name of Jesus she does him good And not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool. She works. She flax. She willingly works with her hands. Verse 14, she's like a merchant ship. She brings uh, her food from afar. Um, It was funny because in these last couple of days, one of our musicians here, one of our worship leaders, his wife is bedridden. She needs bed rest because she's pregnant. And her husband has to play Mr. Mom now. And I show up at his house and he opens the door and he looks like a wreck. He, he looks like he's confused. He goes, I don't have the same hormones to multitask like my wife does. She says, honey, do this, honey, do this, honey, do this, honey, do this. He goes, wait, 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 wait. One at a time, please. Let me do one thing at a time. Because God has gifted a woman to move in a m- wonderful mindset. Uh, verse 16, she considers a field. She buys it. Uh, she's thrifty from her profits she plants her vineyard she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms that's one of the things they said about Jenny Hanau last night she's never been in distress to the point of throwing the towel I could imagine her calling Pastor Kenny and saying you know something you're on your own I quit that hasn't happened in 25 years She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She doesn't get depressed. She stretches out her hand uh, to the staff and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She's generous. She reaches out her hands to the needy. That was one of the testimonies last night that Pastor Kenny could learn generosity through his wife's kindness and meeting other people's needs. She's not afraid for the snow of her household, for the needs of her household. For the warmth of the home. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. She covers them with the blood of Jesus. She's making provision for her house. And, and we got to be careful with that because a woman is a helper. And I've seen women run hospitals. And I've seen women run government. But they've bankrupt their home. I've seen women do fascinating things at the expense of their family. And they're not supposed to. Your testimony is what your marriage speaks, what your children speak, what your life speaks. It says, verse 23, her husband is known at the gates when he sits amongst the elders of the land. He's respected because of how she treats him. She makes linen garments. She sells them. She supplies, sashes. uh, I, I could almost pay $100 for a young generation that doesn't know how to put a button on a shirt. Isn't that sad? They don't know how to groom the family. They don't know how to take care of the home. When she opens up her mouth. Let's go to verse 25. For her strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. The harvest is the time, not now. There's people that want to rejoice now and not later. The we have said in our marriage conference, live, love, laugh. Those who laugh now cry later. If you, if you want to live for now, you're going to expend tomorrow. But if you suffer now, you'll rejoice tomorrow. And she will rejoice in the time to come. It's not time to rejoice until you suffer. And suffering is long suffering. It's a while. And then it goes on to She shall rejoice at the time because she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. I will pay money for a wise woman. I love to see women who speak wisdom to the young generation and not foolishness. Oh, we've wrecked so many homes speaking so foolishly. We've wrecked so many lives. But a woman who opens up her mouth with the principles of God, they they testified that last night with Jenny too. Thank you that every time I've gone to you with an issue with my husband, you have rebuked me and you have told me to repent. When's the last time you talked to a friend and you took her to correction and to repentance? That's your role as a woman. Not for you to flatter her and get her to jump on nine-inch heels. That's not our calling. There's so many older women now that are dyeing their hair blue and pink and purple. And they're leaving a generation of young girls that are wrecked. Uh, We went to the baseball field last year, and we sat next to these two girls. And their manifestation of conversation and conduct during the game, the whole time, I was terrified. Because I said, these will never be wives. They will never be mothers. They'll never have a family. They've cursed themselves, walking in like the ostrich who is proud. Nobody rides me. I don't submit to anybody. You can't take that to war. You need a war horse, a powerful animal that's meek and humble and willing to submit to its rider. With that, we can do battle. But what do you do with a loud, rambunctious woman who has no wisdom in her lips and no kindness? So I've I've beat a dead horse this morning. This is the verse that Kenny used last night, verse 30. Charm is deceitful all attraction, that's a bunch of flattery that's fake. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing. Pretty soon you'll see what's important. But a woman who fears the Lord, she's to be praised. This woman, she'll, it says, give her, verse 31, give her the fruits of her hands, give her a harvest. Let her lifetime works praise her at the gates. Let's stand this morning. And, and so we're, we continue to press forward. We've had a great morning today in the presence of God. His word has been rich, has been powerful. Father, thank you for our time together. Bless the congregation, Lord, that we might rise up in this generation with a testimony that honors you, men of integrity, women of virtue, children who fear God and honor their parents. Allow us to be open books, nothing secret, Lord, everything out in the open. Teach us how to walk in purity, transparency. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us and cleanses us. That we might aspire like the young girl to testify to her master. That we could be men of excellence like Samuel who says, look, from my childhood, I've lived this reality. You've seen it before your eyes. Now let me speak to you. And like the virtuous woman who is able to testify because her... Life is a life of excellence dedicated to husband, to children, to family, to the work of ministry, Lord. We glorify you. We bless you in the house of the Lord. And all the people say amen, amen, and amen. (laughs) Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Don't miss Wednesday night. Super important. Men, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. God bless you.